Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Welcome to another episode of Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And today we're cracking open a beer. Not just any beer, a specific beer. Because we don't just crack open just any beer. Not just any beer will do. Professor here does her research to teach us about the beer. <laughs> so, Professor, Beerfesser. There we go. What are you teaching us about today? What are we drinking? <laughs> well, this week we are cracking open Beckley Furnace Ale, a brown ale from Norbrook Farm Brewery, which is located in Colebrook, Connecticut. This brewery opened in 2018 and it had kind of an unusual start. There are three big players in Norbrook's story. Brothers John and Randy Auclair and Colin Cohn. The Alclairs were co-owners of the Electric Motion Company of Winstead, which was purchased by Hubble Power. So John thought he should do something with the foreclosed farmland adjacent to his property in Colebrook, which was basically just being used for haymaking and cow grazing, but he also used a building on the property to store equipment and vehicles. One night, John was having a party with all of his contractor friends, and they agreed that the building and property would lend itself really well to being a craft brewery. Now, all they needed was a brewer. That's where Cohn came in, first as a consultant and then as head brewer. They actually credit Kent Falls Brewing for breaking down some of the barriers for Connecticut farm breweries, which are apparently much more complicated to establish in terms of planning and zoning and the legal stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I remember when we went to or I went to Kent Farms and they were mm -hmm. like, there are so many rules they had to follow and so many things they couldn't do. Yeah. Like, you know, they had all these different rules about food trucks and, you know, what could be there and, mm -hmm. you know, hops and all that kind of stuff. I know it was very... Very strict because I remember the the beer tenders basically answering all these questions. Like, why can't this? Why is this? Why that? Yeah. I was like, well, the state laws, state laws, state laws. Because it's very different when you're a farm. Farm uh, brewery, brewery than yeah. when you're. It's weird. So anyway, Cone starts the process of brewing their first batch of all their core beers. And they open in late September of 2018 with lines of people, many of whom were involved in construction and stuff like that. Then in mid-October, WFSB aired a segment of 
Something's Brewing featuring Norbrook. And by the end of that day, the brewery had actually sold out of all but two of their beers. So Auclair made the bold decision to close down for a month to replenish their supplies. They had just opened, so kind of a crazy move. But at the same time, everyone knew it was because they literally ran out of beer. And John was determined for people to have a good experience, not just to come in and have a choice of two beers. Like what's the two the- apparently crappiest beers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like, yeah, it worked. They tripled their equipment capacity, got down to business and reopened successfully a month later. And I would assume, you know, pandemic notwithstanding that it has been a lot easier since then. So Norbrook Farm straddles the Nor- Norfolk and Colebrook town lines, which is what inspired the name. The brewery sits on 450 acres that they say are at the frontier stage, the perfect stage for walking, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, mountain biking, disc golfing. They actually, they already have like all those like baskets and stuff mm. set up. Um, and the tasting room doesn't even have to be open for you to use their property, but the trails do close at sunset. There's, as usual for state parks. Yeah. And there's also, there's maps and trail signs in progress as well. So Norbrook Farm specializes in farmhouse style beers, uh, ales and lagers. They also have six signature beers that are always on tap. Their signatures include a Saison, a Kolsch, a Porter, a brown ale and a rotating IPA. And then they always have another between six and eight beers on tap as well. Hmm. So Norbrook says that Beckley Furnace Ale is, quote, our offering of an American style brown ale. Pale malts, along with multiple specialty malts, lend this brew a smooth, nutty taste and warm, toasty notes. Chinook and Cascade hops help, help keep this brew true to style. Beckley Furnace Ale clocks in at 6% ABV and has an IBU rating of 20. So Chinook hops were bred back in 1974 by Chuck Zimmerman while he was working for the USDA hop breeding program. It was released in 1985 and found popularity with both mainstream and craft brewers. And for the most part, mainstream brewers like Coors uh, liked Chinook for its bittering qualities, but craft brewers found that the flavor and aroma were something to be appreciated as well. So it's definitely a dual part, dual purpose hop variety. Chinook can be slightly spicy with a kind of smoky, earthy quality to it. It has an impressive pine kind of resiny character with distinct notes of grapefruit. But its bitterness can turn catty when used in large quantities. That's one of the common off flavors of beer when it's not not brewed correctly or it just goes bad. Then next up, we've got Cascade, which was pioneered in the 1950s and released in the 1970s. It was the first hop to come out of the USDA hop breeding program and has since become one of the most popular American hops of all time. It represents about 10% of all hops grown in the United States, which is does a lot of hops. A lot, yeah. And from a very quick preliminary search, there are about 50 varieties of American hops currently in production. So that's a decent percentage of Cascade, if that statistic is still accurate. It does not store well, but that's generally not an issue just because it is so popular. Cascade has a distinct spicy, citrusy aroma with hints of grapefruit. And it's actually pretty similar to Howard Tower Mittelfra. Ooh. 
It was the original hop used in Coors, but it turned out to be a little too strong for that light beer, so they cut back on it. Uh, soon after that, the owner of Anchor Steam took note of this new hop and decided that Cascade would be perfect for their Liberty Ale, which is considered the first post-prohibition IPA and the first single-hopped American Ale. And after that, Cascade really took off in popularity. And today there are also Argentinian, Australian, and New Zealand hop varieties of Cascade as well. Nice. Yeah. And that's what I got. Ooh. Again, I don't think we're going to get the smoky notes from that Chinook, though. I don't Just know. Like I said last week. It is a brown <laughs> ale, so like maybe. Mm. But I also we also might well, I might conflate like the warmer, nuttier notes with some smoky notes. I don't know. We'll see. I could see that. Oh, if there's only one way to find that out. Let's crack it open. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get cracking. Nice, nice. Smells like a brown ale. <laughs> so just a, a heads up to everyone. There is some construction work going on upstairs, so. You're, you're probably going to hear some. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hopefully it will be restricted to the, just this episode. <laughs> but the good news is the construction's going on because we're expanding our apartment. So yay for us. <laughs> Woohoo! So I love this reddish brown color. It looks scrumptious. It's got a nice lacy head, but nothing too crazy. Exactly what I would expect for a brown ale. I'm getting like really nutty notes right off the top. Mm, roasty, toasty notes. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Smells about what I would imagine. It doesn't smell as malty as I would think. So I'm very curious how, how that taste is going to translate. Only one way to find out. Only one way to find out. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is exactly what I wanted. Nice and sweet. It is much more malty than it yeah, smells. I was going to say, this is very malty. Mm -hmm. It's got those like coffee, chocolatey, nutty notes. I would say it's definitely more nutty than chocolatey yes, than coffee. Yes, I would agree. But it still has those, the coffee chocolate like kind of... It has the sweetness. Yeah, I feel like a brown ale always has a little bit of it, but maybe not as much as like, say, a porter or a stout. Yes, that's fair. Oh, well, no. If you let it linger, you don't take another sip. You do mm -hmm. get you do get a lot of coffee on the back end. Yeah. Yep. There it is. <laughs> I can feel it like on the back of my tongue almost. Definitely much more malty than... I thought it would be, but you do mm -hmm. get a little bit, you do get enough of that hop. Those mm -hmm. hops are definitely in there. You do get a nice bitterness of it yeah. that you don't usually find in a brown ale. I would say this is actually one of the most bitter, like hop wise, bitter of the brown ales I think I've had. I would agree. It's nice. It gives it a little bit of a, of a bitter I think that might layer. be, yeah, the Chinook. And it, like I, like it mentioned in the description, it said it uses the like, the Chinook and Cascade to stay true to style. Mm -hmm. So I did try to look up like typical hops for a brown ale, but obviously uh, Google's not very uh, friendly with that kind of a search. Like the, right. the results that came up were just all over the fucking place. <laughs> um, I wish there was a like a beer Google. <laughs> you couldn't look up like history of brown ale. 
I did, but like it they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't specify hops that were used. Gotcha. Because brown ale is much more malt heavy. Yeah, malt forward. Nice. I'm competing with the saw in the background. Okay. Okay. That's, that's my that's my goal. <laughs> that's your contribution. My, my my burps have to be louder than the drill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is really good. I've been kind of missing brown ales because, you know, I went through my brown ale phase last year, never really went out of my brown ale phase, but it became a little more challenging to find Mm. during a certain season. Your brown ale phase, I thought, was very quick. Mm. Like brown billy came out from Bad Sons. Oh, my God. I was like obsessed. I really hope they come out with that again. And then it kind of just kind of petered out. Because they're not easy to find. There's not a lot of brown ales around. Listen, I like that you like brown ales. I'm very, I was very impressed when you liked even the the one brown ale. <laughs> so I like that you like brown ales. It wasn't there. Didn't Tribus also do a brown ale that I really liked? Yes. I don't remember the name of it though. Me either. I don't think Two Roads has ever done a brown ale. To the we best of ask. my knowledge. I'm sure they have. And we just don't remember. And we just it. don't remember. But if they haven't. They need to get on it because <laughs> that would be amazing. Maybe Phil doesn't like brown ale. Mm. This is really good. This is really well balanced. I I think like you said, this is like the most interesting balance of a brown ale because it does have that hoppiness on the back end mm-hmm. that you don't always get. Sometimes they can be a little, a little overwhelmingly sweet. Yeah, we've definitely had brown ales that are not too. I don't know if I've ever had a brown ale I didn't like, but I've definitely had brown ales that were just like one that and lean done's, very sweet. And it's just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go back for a second one for yeah. a while. This, I could absolutely go back for a second, like right now, <laughs> after I finish this. I don't know about right now, but yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely have a second one of this and said more than I could have a second one of most brown ales. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sweetness is definitely a reason. You also want to keep your brown ales light. I've had heavy brown ales that just don't. That's also true. Yeah. I, like I like a brown ale that's a little lighter. Like a brown ale should be something I think not crushable, but more drinkable. Yeah. You want to be able to have it with food and not have it kill the taste of the food and also not have it kill your appetite. Yeah. When I'm looking for a brown ale, I don't want I don't want it to be like a stout or a porter. Whereas a stout no. and a porter Unless it's Guinness, where it's very light, I'm I'm expecting my stout or porter to weigh me down. I'm expecting mm-hmm. that to happen. I'm having it for dessert, or I'm yeah, drinking. you're calculating it into your <laughs> your intake for the day. Into, yeah, or I'm gonna have it. You know, at three o'clock, lunch is done, or I more than likely didn't have lunch because I never have lunch. You never have lunch, and dinner's not for a couple hours, or it's nighttime. There was no dessert. I'm just having it after dinner. Mm-hmm. You know. That's brown, true. You do yeah. often have like a stout for dessert. Right. Because it's, it's heavy. It's, it's not something mm-hmm. you can really have a bunch of. It's not, you got to think of it like a meal and your, <laughs> your, your beer. Yeah. Uh, but when you're doing a brown ale, it's best to not have that be the case. I it's think. true. And again, I really can't think of any brown ale I've had where I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I have had brown ales that I think are, are too heavy. Which is like, I would really, if this was a little lighter, I could have a bunch of these. Because, mm-hmm. you know, brown ale is also, you know, I talk about liking a little bit of the bitters. Um, yep. Like British, like pub beers. Mm-hmm. 
like imagine yourself drinking beers in the pub. A heavy brown ale ain't keeping you in the pub. You can't you can't sit at the no, bar and just keep drinking pounding pound a yeah. lot of brown ales back. But a one like this, you can. Yes, you or can. At least a couple. Um, I'm not saying I, it's as light as bitters, but no. I wonder if this is something that you would find like in the style in England, though. I don't know. I know brown, brown ale. ales are obviously something that you can drink in, mm-hmm. you know, in the UK and stuff. That's another popular place for them, but I'm not sure. Mm. Now, could you have this in the spring or summer? Uh, early spring, maybe, while it's still pretty cool out. But once it gets to summer, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like fall and winter all day long. See, I don't know if I want this in the fall. Like, it I de- like, I could drink depends. it. I like it, but. So what I consider fall is basically after my birthday, after the weather has started to turn like mid-October, because at this point, global warming says, fuck you, (laughs) at least in New England, fall doesn't start until mid-October. Yeah. But even then, I want lighter pumpkin-y beers, I guess. That's true. I mean, yeah, that is the season for pumpkin beers, but I, I feel like this would... I could alternate between this and a pumpkin beer and not be thrown off. No, I think the flavors go, but I don't know. I was like late, late fall. I would go like after Halloween. Cause I mean, November's still the fall all the way until mm-hmm. like the end of November. I yeah. would, I would go there, but I don't know if I would go, you know, as long as there's at least a little bit of green on the trees mm-hmm. <laughs> or leaves on them. I don't know if I could drink a brown ale. No, that's true. That's fair. So the can art, is it's a tall boy mm-hmm. it's a stick on label uh and i believe it's fairly close to the last norbrook farm yes candidate. i was just going to mention the same thing they seem to have a a standard label that they kind of fill in the appropriate information for that particular beer which i can totally appreciate the consistency of uh i vaguely recall the band not being brown last time I it think, was like a yellow. Yes, you're right. So the brand, the band changed to like this brown plaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the overall logo label um, above and beyond, like there's a border around the band mm-hmm. uh, is like this weird yellow, green, pale color. Yeah. Very old school looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, very evocative of like old timey stuff. Yeah. On the top, hops hang down. Drawn hops with like speckled green to try to color them in. And on the bottom, wheat comes up from the ground, uh, also speckled with yellow to try to color it in. Mm -hmm. And there's a tractor on the bottom too, a really well-drawn detailed tractor, I might add. Like crazy detailed. (laughs) Uh, Pencil, like a pencil drawing. So I just want to interject before you go too much further. Um, the, the label that we're thinking about is actually for the the Mount Pisgah IPA, which is the first one that we did from Norbrook. Right. I think that was at least a year ago, maybe more. Um, but we did also do last year, we did the Circus, which had a completely different label, if you recall. Oh, the Circus was the same. Was Norbrook. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember we did the Mount Pisgah was Norbrook. But yeah, yeah. So the Circus one, I think, is there the Rotating Hop IPA. Um, because we got one that was like kind of a weird mix that we weren't sure about. And I, I had been able to look up the previous ones, mm-hmm. um, that used different hops 
and we were like, oh, I wonder what that, what that one would have tasted like. Um, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, this must be their, their like standard label for their core beers would be my guess. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. In the center of the brown band, there's a logo that's yellow oblong with a farmhouse, another pencil drawing with wind turbines in the background. And then a banner comes down. All this whole thing is very old school looking. Yeah. Farm fresh homegrown beer, which is a great, I like that saying. It, it makes me want the beer. Yes, it, Farm it, it fresh really homegrown does. Farm fresh beer makes me like, this is some fresh ass beer. Like, yeah. It just makes it me, makes me like, want to like bite into a hop. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's a good thing to describe your beer. And then Norbrook Farm Brewery on the bottom of the logo in very simple font. And then Beckley Furnace Ale below it in a bold font, also very simple. Mm-hmm. Brown Ale, 6% alcohol by volume, 20 IBU. Interesting, they give you the IBUs. Mm-hmm. Drink fresh, please recycle. One pint, farm fresh beer. And then on the right of the logo is where things get crazy. Uh, popping out of nowhere is a colored photo like an actual photo of Beckley Furnace Ale. Uh, <laughs> it's, I guess it's the furnace. The Beckley Furnace sits on the north bank of the Blackberry River in North Canaan, Connecticut. The 40-foot tall stone structure was built in 1847 for the production of crude iron. We pay homage to this industrial monument with this fine American-style brown ale. Pale malt, along with multiple specialty malts, lend this brew smooth, nutty, and toasty notes. <laughs> that is nuts. 40 foot tall furnace. Yeah. It looks crazy. It looks like something you find in like a video game when you're like touring medieval times kind of a thing. Uh-huh. It looks really Or something really in cool. Minecraft. Um, but yeah, that that's oh, a why lazy, a lazy a lazy Minecraft <laughs> That's why I didn't go into the name. I wanted to leave that for you to read. Oh, thanks. It's kind of weird. It's it's cool they showed the picture and stuff. It's it's just, it just doesn't kind of fit off putting because it's just like photoshopped onto it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a little white box with their Facebook, Instagram and Twitter logo. Again, kind of jarring and off putting. And then the independent craft brewery logo kind of goes into the photo. And they give you the government warnings. Also a white block that goes Norbrook Farm Brewery, LLC, 204 Stillman Hill Road, Colebrook, Connecticut, 06021-860-909-1016 is their phone number. Or you can visit them at norbrookfarm.com. Overall, I like the can art. Mm-hmm. But overall, the can art needs some work. Uh, it's a little too old school for its own good, I think, at some points. Uh, and I, I think I don't know. For a, <laughs> for a farm, I feel like it still works. Sure, I guess. I know you like things to be modern and sleek, but I, I can appreciate that they have the, the consistency of that label. I, suppose, I mean, they, I mean, they definitely need to update it in a few years for sure. Like, but I think because they are fairly new. Uh, the colors kind of don't jive with me. Mostly this <laughs> background color of like, is it yellow? Is it green? Is it white? That kind of bothers me. But the photo on the side needs needs work. It's just so photoshopped on. It is. I'll agree with that. I understand the necessity of it ha- of it being there just to explain the name of the beer, I mean, but be more work. You have to draw the furnace onto it, and you've mm-hmm. got a standard thing already. It just seems photoshoppy. Aww. I don't know, <laughs> but overall, it does get the point across. Like you said, it's definitely something in a farm. I'll tell you, if I saw this in like a farm, mm-hmm. in wherever their brewery is, I'm sure it looks really nice. Yeah, and looks really not out of place, and looks really for the brewery. Mm-hmm. Fits that farm aesthetic. 
for sure. Well, I have finished the beer. I would have finished my beer a lot sooner, but I'm trying not to like gulp it down. I'm trying to appreciate it because it is really, really good. Aww. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I like the maltiness of it, mm-hmm. but I still, I think the best part about this beer is the, the it, hops are that still little, present. A little bit of bite at the end. I think I really like that. Kind of sets it apart from other brown ales. Yeah. Most of the brown ales, it's like, which is fine because a lot of times you get a brown ale because you're not looking for hops. Mm-hmm. But I like that this brown ale has that hoppiness to it. Yeah. It's like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's all I got. I guess that's all I got. Although I would like to mention that we are drinking our beers today out of our ultimate Tuesday glasses. That's right. From the celebration yesterday to 22-22. We went there. We went. We drank. We ate. Some awesome food from the EP local truck, mm-hmm, food truck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we celebrate. We got some swag. I bought a shirt. We got these two glasses. You won a raffle I prize. I won a raffle. I got two hats, two shirts, and two magnets. Yeah, boy. And pins. Oh, and pins. Man, did I make out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got all those extra raffle entries because we went decked out in our two road swag. That's right. I had my membership badge with me too mm-hmm. hat shirts yeah so hopefully all of you out there were celebrating the, the day somehow whether it was taco Drink, tuesday or whatever drinking beer yeah i know a lot of uh breweries and or not maybe not breweries but uh a lot restaurants of different bars and restaurants, bars and were, restaurants doing were celebrating the two two tuesday for two roads yeah yep. having special deals on it it was a pretty fun event it was and it'll never come again oh <laughs> but anyway, this is Norbrook Farm Brewery. That sounds pretty dope. So you should go visit them. Yeah. I can. would I would really like to visit them at some point. I think that would be dope. Yep. 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 Agreed. So I guess that's it. I guess that is it. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandoneopen, or shoot us an email at crackandoneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So what else you got to plug? I've got a few things. I've got (laughs) uh, just a little old podcast called Forgotten Cinema Podcast. I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, where the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. You can find Forgotten Cinema at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com, ForgottenEntertainment.com, or wherever you get your podcast while you're on ForgottenEntertainment.com. Uh, because we're all part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Check out all the other great podcasts and videos and stuff that are there uh, while you're there. And uh, I've also got audiobooks. Check them out. Buy them. I don't get paid unless you buy them. So sometimes I don't make much money at all in these books. And I I, I blame you, the public, for not wow. buying more of my books. Buy a copy for a friend. Buy a copy for an enemy. You know? If you like it, buy a copy for a friend. If you hate it, buy a copy for an enemy. Either way, I make money and I need money because money makes the world go round. And if someone says money can't buy anything, everything, they're lying. 
They're absolutely lying. <laughs> money can buy you everything. Money bought me this dog that's on my lap right now. So when you say money <laughs> can't buy love, out. that is absolutely false because money just bought this big, giant, tiny ball of love in my lap. <laughs> so anyway, buy my books. Michael Butler on Audible. I got a whole bunch of books. I go over them every week. I'm not going to tell you all the titles today. Go check it out. Fair. And <laughs> a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, good clink. Good clink. <laughs>